So turn your Bible to Hebrews. Woo! Amen. And we're going to establish this thought of case closed in Hebrews. I love the book of Hebrews. I believe Apostle Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. When I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Paul. I'm going to dab Jesus up. Jesus, I got beef with Paul. I'm going to come back. You can have the crowns, I'm, but just take the crown. I love you, Jesus. I'm going to give him a Catholic. Let me t- I got to talk Paul. Like, Paul, what did you write this book? Bro, why you didn't tell us? I've been lying in church telling people James wrote it. But I think Paul wrote it. <laughs> so Paul, I think, wrote this book. He goes through this book and he writes this, 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 this epistle that's prolific. Because the whole idea of the book, he's talking about the supremacy of Jesus. Or said another way, he's talking about Jesus is better. Meaning, Jesus is better in your future than he is in your past. Can I get an amen? Because we go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. He gets better in eternity every day. Can I get an amen? So Paul was establishing this thought of better, supreme. First chapter, he talks about Jesus is better than angels. Don't compare him to other angels. He's supreme over angels. Second chapter, he goes into Moses. No, don't compare him to Moses. Jesus is more supreme to Moses. Third chapter, he talks about Aaron in the priesthood. He talks about that. He says, no, we got a real high priest. He's better than that. And then he goes on, and he continues to talk. He talks about Melchizedek. He talks about the Old Testament. And then he say, the better way is not, the better way is not works. The better way is faith. And that leads us over to Hebrews chapter 12. And he started talking about this hall of fame of faith. You're familiar with it? Read about Abraham. You read about Moses. You read about Noah. You read about Rahab. You read about all of these Old Testament generals. And they walk this life of faith. So now Paul gets to the last letter of the book because he's about to close the book. Because he's saying, we got to make this case close. Because now that you understand all of these things, and you understand where you're coming from, now you can understand where you're going, but you can't go where you're going unless you close the case. Case closed. And this is where we pick up. Because Paul is about to address the most dangerous concept, I believe, that was ever introduced to humanity. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Be free from the love of money. That's the reason he says that that we can be free. Content with such things as you have. For he has said, now this can't be true. He has said, I will never leave you in any way forsake you. Read it again. He says, in no way leave you. In what way? How many ways? Greek, Hebrew, how many ways? I will no way leave you. Neither will I forsake you. So that with good courage we say, the Lord is my helper. Who will I fear? What can man do to me? God is saying right here in Hebrews chapter 13, Christ is supreme over all these things. But make sure that it's a closed case that Christ is supreme over separation. Christ is supreme over separation. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Case closed. That's what I entitled this message.
case closed. Book shut, close it, because he will never leave us nor forsake us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this great church. Thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit that's here, Lord Jesus. Anoint me. Spirit to spirit, Lord Jesus, that we understand your word for wisdom and revelation. So it will not only take place in us, but it will transform every relationship, everywhere we walk, everywhere we touch. It will transform on the outside of us. For me, Father, a selfish prayer. Um, I pray that I get my belt back. That's just for me. And I'm going to get all these great people of this great church that has great faith to agree that I get my belt back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Y'all just say amen. I want my belt back. My God. Appreciate it, bro. I like that hat. Victory. That's what's up. Got good teeth, too. So he, did, he, just, he just flashed them on me. Good teeth. Got good teeth, homie. I want my belt back, real like real talk. So Kevin and I, we're traveling from Atlanta, and we're walking, we're walking through check-in, and I see, I see an a, a older gentleman, and uh, he's, he's just scrambling. You can tell it's probably his first time flying. So he's, he's, he's scrambling, and, and, and he, um, he takes his belt off, because sometimes you got to take your belt off to get through. So he takes his belt off, and he puts him through the bins and stuff like that, and uh, when he gets on the other side, he's like, hey, where's my belt? I'm like, man, he ain't got no, and he's sagging, you know, got boxy hips, like no, no, none of that back there, just boxing. <laughs> Made for pants to fall down. And he's old. He's like 70. And I'm like, this is the first time traveling. He can, be, you know, he got a bad knee. And he just, you know, just pants falling. He don't sag. He don't listen to rap music. You know what I'm saying? He, he wears pants up here. You know what I'm saying? But he ain't got no belt. I heard the Lord, which I thought was the devil. Give him the belt. No, 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 listen. This is huge. I can't give him my belt. Because Pastor Dino Rizzo, Italian, that's my guy. He bought me the belt because I'm getting into golf. So Pastor Dino bought me this green crocodile belt with a gold buckle. Black people love gold. We like, it's okay. We like gold. I'm talking about a gold buckle, and it's green, and it's thick. It makes my abs look like I got abs. You know what I'm saying? And, and when I swing the club, you just catch the gold. God said, give him your belt. I'm like, God, he got boxy hips. I got a little bit back there in the trunk. You know what I'm saying? His belt won't fit. Give him the belt. I'm like, that's the devil. Three times. <laughs> give him the belt. I get a brother the belt. Do y'all know? He took my belt like it was his. No, I'm talking about those shot me the deuces. Like I'm supposed to do it. Like I work for Delta or something. I mean, I gave him the belt. I'm like, here, I'm, I'm walking with puppy dog face, hoping he say, brother, no, don't do that. Man, this man that took my belt and just walked off and hit me with the deuces. Thank you. Until I see my crocodile belt just going down the terminal, I'm like, man, Lord, I want my belt back. So anyway, thank y'all for praying because I love gifts. Anybody you love gifts? Love gifts, gifts, gifts. Ladies, how many of you love shoes? Y'all anointed by God. So men, if you, if you know what your lady like, I'm like your lady. I like shoes. I love shoes. So I moved from Louisiana in, 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 in high school, and we, Louisiana, there we go, what part? Tallulah, where else? Amp, Natchitoches. Yeah, so we country, y'all know that, we, North Louisiana, we country, God. we so country in Natchitoches, Louisiana, my sister broke up with her cousin because they wanted to be friends. <laughs> That's our country we was. 
Like they just had this idea. Hey, let's just be friends. You know what I'm saying? That's why they broke up. So we moved to the big city of uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Birmingham, big city. So we moved. And now I go to this high school, and I was poor coming out of Louisiana. So I go to Birmingham, and it's just a bigger school, right? So now it got people with money. I'm talking about, man, this girl over here got her dad's a doctor, this guy, engineer. I'm like, ooh, y'all got money. Y'all balling. And the girl that was famous in the school, her dad was a doctor. So she wanted to date me because I played football. So she dated me, and everybody's like, man, she got money. She used to take me to the lake house. I learned how to water ski and all that stuff. And then for Valentine's Day, she bought me my favorite pair of basketball shoes. Never got a gift from a girlfriend in Louisiana. Never. Cousins didn't get. Friends, that's why, you know, we didn't do that. So she bought me my first pair of shoes, Allen Iverson's. I loved Allen Iverson. Here's why. Because Allen Iverson, I think, probably was the most creative basketball player that ever played. He was good. He came up with this move called the Killer Crossover. Anybody familiar with that? The killer crossover. So the killer crossover was okay until Allen Iverson hit Michael Jordan with the killer crossover. Because Michael Jordan was a GOAT, greatest of all times. But when Allen Iverson, young AI, came in the league and he hit Jordan with this crossover, this crossover, guys, if you don't know basketball, ladies. So what he'd do is he'd get it in his right hand, and when he get it in his right hand, he would go to the right and kind of stick his neck out like this. And when you reach for the ball, he'll put his knee right there. And the opponent will go for the ball, and he'll cross it over and create separation. He was so innovative. The move was so dangerous, they outlawed it in basketball because it created so much separation, and it was unfair to the opponent because of the creativity. One day in heaven, it was this guy, this angel named Lucifer, and he came up with this great idea that he thought, and it was called separation. The most harmful innovation that was ever known to hum the mankind was the idea and the concept of separation. When we read it in the Bible, in Ezekiel and Isaiah, they talk about iniquity was found in your heart. Because you was telling all the angels, life can be better without God. Separation. So now he does this thing called separation, and it, the Bible says in Revelation, they say he drew a third of the stars with his tail. Meaning your grandma ever told you, boy, quit telling that tail. Quit telling that tail. That means it's a lie. That means you're deceiving somebody and you're luring them away with something that's not true. That's why she say quit telling that tail. That comes from the Bible because the Bible say he drew a third of the angels with his tail, meaning he told them a lie and said life is greater away from God. So they bit into that lie. And when they bit into that lie, they came down to earth. So now it says, that's why Jesus calls him the father of lies in Luke chapter 10. So now in Revelation, we read right here, now a war broke out. This is the begin. this is the end, at the end, last chapter of the Bible, I mean, last book of the Bible, it talks about the beginning. It say, now a war arose in heaven. Because we're talking about this concept of separation. Because if we're gonna close the case we have to understand what case are we closing. We're closing the case of separation because God says he will never leave us or forsake us. Can I get amen? amen. So we got to close the case. So to close the case, you got to go back to see how did the case even start. So in Revelation chapter 12, it talks about, it said, there arose a war in heaven. Michael and his angel fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for him in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent who was called the devil, and Satan, here you go, 
the deceiver of the whole world. The deceiver of the whole world. Ezekiel says it's widespread trade, meaning he traded the truth. Life is great with God in for a lie. Life can be greater without God. And that, he throws them down. Now God makes Adam and Eve. He comes in the garden with the same concept. Did anybody tell you you was like God? Is she bitten to the fruit of separation? And Paul says it like this. By one man, act of disobedience, sin, which is separation, entered the world. Failure to pay attention to you just like God. God is with you. Don't bite into the concept. So I don't know what you're dealing with. Some of you, you might believe because of your future, God is not with you. He's not going with you in your future because of what you did in your past or what you're thinking about right now. God is saying he's with you. Don't buy into the lie because the lie is perpetual because the first thing he gets us to agree with is this right here. God is gone. That's the first thing he tries because he attacks our theology. Theology is the study of God. He attacks your theology because now he knows if he gets your theology, everything else under it will shatter. So he hits you with God is gone. What do you, hold on, that don't even make sense when you think about it. I get doggone. Like, I get that. Doggone? That dog can be gone. But God, who's omnipresent, who's everywhere at one time, who David said in Psalms 136, if I make my bed in hell, God is with me, that God can be gone? No, devil. That God cannot be gone because I'm closing a case. He will never leave me nor forsake me. God gone? Why is this church called victory? This church is called victory because we agree God is not gone. A victorious God is in our life. His name is Emmanuel. His name is Jehovah Jireh, and he's with us, in us at all times. God is not gone. God gone? Do you know how crazy that sounds when we think about it? God's gone. Because I haven't received my healings, God's gone. No, God's not gone. Because you're healed by his stripes. So if your healing is not there, you got to go back to God and say, God is here because I have his stripes, so therefore I can be healed. And then he gets that, God is gone. He gets you to buy him with that. Gets me to go with that. Okay, God's gone. Next thing, be alone. Isolation comes in. Because now that you think God is gone, you tell yourself, hey, I'm going to go be alone. Nobody understands me. Nobody wants to be around me. Nobody understands me. So therefore, I'm going to be alone. First Peter talks about that. He says right here, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Because Peter knows that he's getting us to buy into this concept of separation that God wants us to close the case on. Be alert, the devil. He prowls around like a lion, looking for who? Say it again, who? One, some one, some one 
that's alone, that bought into the concept of separation, that God is gone, and now they went in isolation and they was all alone, that someone is the prey that the enemy looks for to devour because he understands that they bought into the first concept of separation, that God is gone, so now someone is alone to be devoured. So now once that someone is long, it goes to the next thing. I'm strong. Pride. Because now God is gone. Now I'm all alone. Now I'm strong. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to make my own money. I'm going to drive my own car. That sounds like a little bootsy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to do everything on my own. I'm going to get this job and this promotion on my own. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and nobody's going to tell me different. It's no accountability in my life. I'm going to be over in my world because I built this all by myself, and this is what I'm doing in everything. And God says that thing right there was found in the enemy heart, and that creation was from him. I, I, I. But it just started with God is gone. Be alone. Now I'm strong. I knew this guy played football. And we watched this. We, we watched this. This cascade. We watched it. It started up here. Grew up in church. When he got to college, went, went, go to anywhere, go anywhere in the nation to play college football. And when he got to college, he played and he performed. And one day his coach set him on the bench. Then him and his coach kind of fell out. And we watched this. Him and his coach kind of fell out. And it was like, yo, man, this is not going to end well. So now he had an opportunity after college to play in the NFL. Went to the NFL. And then after he cut it, he, he tore his ACL in the NFL, he was like, man, I deserve better than this. He started isolating himself away from his friends, the loved ones, the Christian family that he came up with. Didn't listen to his coaches, start drinking. Then he had this great idea. I'm going to show everybody. Start selling drugs. And he sold drugs for a stint of six years. And he was down in Arizona doing a, doing a deal with the cartel. In over his head. If you see this guy transformation from light to darkness, you would say, oh my goodness, this is a totally different person. Little did he know he was under investigation from the federal government. So he was doing a deal down in Arizona. And the feds rolled up on him. And now he's facing a life sentence in prison. Think about it. Parents, church, college, NFL, prison. You should see the death in his eyes. It was male so well versus the United States of America. That's what happened when I was in the prison cell and a piece of paper came under the door one night. And it said male so well versus the United States of America. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to call. My, I thought about suicide day in, day out. Had no thoughts of serving Jesus because God was gone because my coach set me on the bench. I got away from my friends and I was all alone. I started to sell drugs in Atlanta because I was strong and I wanted to prove to the world that I can be a millionaire without you by myself. And it landed me all the way up, male so well versus the United States of America. And it perpetuated. Now the devil's telling me, hey, you're all alone. Take yourself out. Suicide. Complete the real concept of separation because I don't want you in this earth. 
Some of you might not be in the prison cell that I was in, but you might be in a prison in your heart because you're scared to step forward and not look back at the past and go into your future. But I'm here to tell you, God will never leave you or forsake you. We can close the book because this is victory. Close the book. The case is closed. My fifth year in prison had no point in doing right. No point to do right. I'm just going to go back to Atlanta and sell drugs better. That's what I was going to do. Until one day God stepped in. Or let me say it another way. Until one day I seen God because he never left. Decided to give my life to Jesus Christ and said, Lord, I will spend the rest of my life telling people the story that you was in the darkest place in my life. You was right there with me, still being the light. So I just came here. Kevin and I, we just came here just to share that story with you because you might be in the same place. Someone online, you might feel the same way. Let me tell you, we are called to close the case. It was the last chapter in the book. God is with you. He will never leave or forsake you. He won't fail you. He will let you experience him. All we have to do is acknowledge and look up, and God will help us close the case because case is closed. The case is closed. So the question is, how do we do it? If we all acknowledge and we say we don't agree with the concept of separation, this church was built in Christ, through Christ, with Christ, and we believe in the same thing, the victory of Jesus Christ, and we don't believe in the concept of separation, which is the most dangerous concept known to humanity, we want to close the case on that concept, how do we do it? The first, way, the first thing that we do is we value godly connections. We value godly connections. We value godly connections. I mean, I, I mean, when I say value, if you lose something of value, don't you look for it? You look for, I, I mean, I mean, and then don't you hate the person that say, did you look the last place? You, man, listen, if I would have looked, man, don't you do that. Don't belittle me like that. My wife tell me that. I'm like, God, do you know I'm a worldwide pastor? So, we ain't got nobody in our church yet. <laughs> Pray for us. We need somebody. But like, value godly connections. But sometimes... People don't value godly connections because it's something that divides the value in that connection. It can be political. Let's not get quiet. It can be race. Let's not get quiet because that don't happen at victory. Can I get amen? Because victory is the example, the example, the extracted sample of God that the earth wants to be. A church a community of believers that don't believe in race, don't believe in color, don't believe in creed. It's neither male, neither female, neither bond, neither Jew. All are what? One. It's one God. It's one law. It's one baptism. Who's in all, who's for all. This is the victory of Jesus Christ that the world wants a little extracted sample of God in so that they can implement. Godly value, value, value godly connections. It was a guy in prison that stepped across the racial barrier. A white guy. Whites don't mess with blacks. Black don't mess with whites. But this guy said, you know what? I'm going to value that man as a son of God, as an example of God in this earth, and I'm going to step across this racial line, and I'm going to lead him to Jesus. 
I'm here because someone stepped across the race line because they didn't believe in any other else. They believed in the kingdom of God. It's one father who's in all, who's in me, who's in you, no matter your race, color, or creed, political position. It is God who's in all and for all. Can I get an amen? To do that, that's why we do groups here. I want to encourage you, get in a group. A group saved my life. A group, it restored my parents' marriage because now, once I came home from prison, the first group that I got involved in, the Church of the Highlands, someone brought a freedom group in our house. My parents' marriage was on the fringe. But because they received freedom together, and we had a small group leader, an eager small group leader that believed in small groups, he brought the group in our house, and now the the, the freedom existed in my parents' marriage, and they healed today. My dad's leading freedom in prisons now because we had an eager small group leader that valued godly connections. That's how we do it. So I want to encourage you, get in a group. We got everything going on in this church that you could be involved that happens together. The second thing that we can do after we godly value, I mean, after we value godly connections, we guard personal gratitude. This is a big one. Guard personal gratitude. This is, a, this is huge. You ever notice the world is angry right now? Is it just me or is it y'all? Like, you, you look on Facebook, they just going in on people. I'm like, yo. I'm like, I, like you post something on Instagram, they just, Arr! I'm like, yo, hold on. I didn't do nothing. They just angry. Like, why are you, why are you mad? Like, what's up? You mad? I don't want to get that. Just bad day. Just, like, you could go to work with somebody, they wake up, they tired. Like, but you just woke up. Like, how you, you doing, having a good day? I'm tired. No, but you just woke up. How you wake up, like, they just angry. But that shouldn't be so in a church. Everybody take a deep breath. We can rejoice. Let's let, let, take another one. That means we can take another one. It's people. I got homeboys that overdose, that's dead, that's down, they in jail, they got 47 years in prison. In the breath that they taking in prison, they're right there right now. You're taking a breath free. We can go out in these streets, we can reach somebody. We can go out to dinner with our family and loved ones. We can love our kids. We can have our life. We can be with gratitude. Man, why are you so excited? Because I'm not locked up again. I'm breathing. I'm still going. You know what? That is my personal responsibility to guard the enemy from coming in my heart because the enemy don't want us to have gratitude. Because I'm telling you, when the world sees gratitude, it's the greatest example of the kingdom. Because we're happy in a dying world. Who can be happy in something that's dying? Only Jesus. Who can walk through something and see something sick and smile and say, no, it's not dead, it's sleep? Only Jesus. Who can look at a grave and say, you know what? I'm going to be in there for three days, but I'm not going to stay there. Who can do it? Only Jesus. Who can go to a cross that's disgusted, that's busted, that no man never got up off of? Only Jesus. Who can go to a lady that's caught in the act of adultery? She got nine husbands and working on number 10. And he can say, get out on one knee and say, daughter, only Jesus. Who can walk to a where? Who can walk to a water and walk on it and keep stepping and tell Peter, you know what? Put the net on that side of the boat. You have no fish, but tonight you got a thousand fish. Only Jesus. You know why? Because Jesus guarded his gratitude. He knew it. That's us. That's the kingdom. The Paul, Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 4. He says, rejoice. 
Oh, Paul, you mean rejoice? This guy wrote this in prison. Rejoice. They might cut his head off. Rejoice. He says, always rejoice. And let me say it again if you didn't hear me the first time Paul said, rejoice. Watch this. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Why do you rejoice? Say the next three words, next, next four words with me. Oh, Paul, did you hit the concept of separation on me? The Lord is near. Is that why I should rejoice? Paul is doing what, what Paul is doing. Paul is giving us a metrodone, meaning a metrodone is music. What, what the beat goes on. That's the rhythm. That's the rhythm. Paul is giving us a rhythm to rejoice because he's saying metrodome means two words in the Greek. It's measurement and law. The measurement of Christianity is God is near. The law of Christianity, if God is near, that means everything else I need is here. That's the rhythm of Christianity. If God is near, everything else I need is here. If God is near, everything I need is where? If God is near, everything I need where is it what? If God is near, everything I need is what? That's the measurement and that's the law. If God is near, Emmanuel, in man you dwell. El Shaddai, Jehovah Jireh, God with me, all my provider, everything else I need is here. All I have to do is close the case on the concept of separation. It's case closed. My God will never leave me nor forsake me because God is near. So everything else I need is where? That's why we pray. So continue to pray. Because prayer, it affirms that God is near because you're having a conversation. You can't have a conversation with somebody around the corner. So it reminds you God is near. And now you put a petition up, what Paul is saying, because now you can petition for the thing that you need and say, thank you, Jesus, and rejoice because it's here. Prayer is important. Worship is important. The law of worship. What's the law of worship in Psalms? It says when you go up with praise, it says he inhabits the praises of Israel. What is Israel? Israel is God's dwelling place where he likes to dwell, which is us, the temple of God right now. Our praises go up. Attention go up. His presence and provision comes down. God is near. Everything you need, I need, is here. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I didn't have clothes. I didn't have a wife. I didn't have kids. All I had is 88297708, felony of the institution of the federal government when I stepped out of prison. But you know what I had? I had the case closed. I knew my God was here, so I knew everything I needed was near. I had a job. I had a car when I got out. I got a wife and got married. I got three kids. My kids not going to prison. They're going to learn how to read after the third grade. But you know why? Because God is going to be in my son's life just like he was not in my life. He's going to be in his life. So if God is in him, everything he needs is with him. Same goes for you. And team, you can come out. Because what we're going to do is we're going to create a moment. We're going to create a moment right here that you guys are used to. 
Because Pastor Paul, he knows when we take a step of faith towards the word of God, that God affirms his word with our step of faith. We want to create an altar. Because I don't know what you may be believing God for. I don't know what you have stepped away and you thought God has forsaken you. I don't know what you want to step into it even more in faith. But we're going to create this altar and we're going to come down and we're going to close the case. Case closed. It'll be team down here praying with you. You might need to listen to somebody and say, you know what? I just want to agree with someone on earth because the Bible says if two or more agree, God is in the midst and he will do anything and bring heaven to earth. We will have that opportunity. And those of you who have not given your life to Jesus, that's easy. God is near. Salvation is here. Last but not least, we're going to make this moment in worship. Maintain. Aggressive. Everybody say aggressive. You can't say that word weak. Say victory. You can't say that word small. It's just some things you can say that'll stir you. Aggression. We're going to maintain aggressive endurance. Because if you think about it, if you think about what Jesus did for us, what he did for us, he endured so that we can endure. He did it aggressively. You think the cross was soft? You think the cat of nine tails was soft? Isaiah says in Isaiah 50, it says they ripped his beard off because Jesus was a Nazarite. Isaiah chapter 52, it says he was without resemblance. You didn't even know he was a mere man because him who knew no sin, he took your sin. He took my sin. He took it all. He endured it in so that he can come and live in us, a clean vessel, a holy temple, so he can be with us forever and never leave us forsake you. You think Jesus did that just tiptoeing? He tried to get his homeboys to pray for him. They went to sleep. Y'all not being aggressive, endure. He went to him a second time. Man, wake up, bro. I'm struggling. Pray for me. He said, Father, is this the only way I can get to Tulsa? Is this the only way I can start victory? Is this the only way I can anoint Pastor Paul? If it is, I drink it. Case closed. He went to that cross. He died for you. He died for me because he was aggressive. He did all that to give us this aggression on the inside of us so that we can do it. Mayo, don't look back to Birmingham. Look forward to Atlanta. Don't look back at a broken marriage. Look forward to a healed marriage. Don't look at your body. Look at the word. Don't look at your debt. Look at your pain. Don't look at life. Look at your God. Close the case. So if you can stand to your feet, if you don't leave with nothing, hey, what'd you hear about at church today? Well, I just know dude was excited. He was hype. He talked fast. His lips got ashy. Kept licking his lips like LL Cool J. Might not be back, but boy, I know the case closed. Boy, I know Jesus is with me. Boy, I know God will never leave me. Oh, I know God will never fail me. Oh, I know we got the victory, not only in Tulsa, not only in Oklahoma City, not only ORU, but all across the world. We have the victory, and the case is closed that God.
God will never leave us or forsake us. He'll never fail us. So the altar is open. If it's you that wants to step out, you can be from 66 to 6. It's easy to come to the altar because this is closing the case. This is your step and say, I'm closing it. It's over. This is it. You'll never fail me because that's what this song is about. He will never fail you. Now don't fail yourself and not step out your seat because God is with us. He'll never fail us. Never. He's our firm foundation. Thank you for coming down. Lift your hands. That means we surrender and we agree. We're not alone. We're not alone. We're not alone. I'm not strong because Jesus, your word says, when I am weak, that's the only way I'm strong because it's your strength. Thank you for coming down. This means the world to him. And it will mean the world to them, all the people that you will impact after this step of faith. Case closed. Case closed. And if you haven't gave your life to Jesus, I would ask you to raise your hand and you come down also. And I want to pray a simple prayer for you. If you need healing in your body, you can come down. That's a form of salvation also. Salvation is perpetual. If you need wisdom and job, you can come down. If you need help with your kids, you can come down. All that is in the package of salvation, which is the package of Jesus. If you need help in school, you got to take a test. And you just need wisdom from God to help you. He's probably going to actually study a little bit, but it's okay. You can come down. If you don't want renewed strength, we'd love for you to come down. Because this is an altar. Bethel. The altar, the mountain of God. And for those of you who want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we're going to pray this prayer with you. As a group of believers, to accept you into the household of faith as sons and daughters of the eternal God, the creator of the universe. So just make this declaration in your heart and conceal it with an act of faith of coming down and share that with an individual. Everybody repeat after me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your eternal life. Thank you for resting in my soul forever and giving me the Holy Spirit which will empower me to represent you and represent you and live a life of purpose. In Jesus' name.